This is the EWN Podcast Network. You are listening to Sharing Stories with Helen Rose. My guest today is an amazing man. I feel lucky to know him. Is my friend Jason Freeman. Jason, thanks for uh, joining me today. Boy, do we have a story from you. Um, th- thanks for having me. Um, it's such an honor to be here, Helen. Uh, thank you. I think I'm the one that feels honored. So um, let's just start. Uh, you, you know, we do a lot of the same things. We do coaching. We do podcasting. We do public speaking. I love it. So um, why don't we just dive right in and and tell us your background and what led you to what Jason does today? So I I think many, if not most of us, want our lives lives to go absolutely perfectly. Indeed. And then then we are born. (laughs) Yeah. And... um, and I don't say that to be cynical in, in the least because um, the, the dynamics of life, even the ones we don't want, can create amazing things. For example, um, I was excited to be in the world. Yeah. So, so I came a few weeks early and I surprised my parents in the middle of the night. And right away, I knew it was very much an awkward thing for me to have decided to do because they weren't prepared. They were sleeping like people tend to do in the middle of the night. Luckily, they got us to the emergency room in time. But in the process, my coat was not wrapped around my neck, but it was prolapsed. It was kinked, and I lost some oxygen. As a result, I I developed this um, pronounced speech impediment and and some coordination differences. The technical name of my condition is cerebral palsy. Is cerebral palsy? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 So obviously, you don't remember that day. And if you do, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. What? So was there a time, did your parents ever say to you, oh my gosh, you were a surprise, you know, two weeks early, you know, you had like, or did they just kind of raise Jason as any other parent does without pointing out the imperfection, shall I say, which we all have. Yours just is more uh, noticeable. Um. Actually, they they did the opposite of, of pointing out the imperfections. Um, mm-hmm. They, um, when I was young, they told me, Jason, you are the best, and instilled in me that I could be the best version of me. But not pointing out my imperfections. No. Not playing on my imperfections are not the same as sweeping them under the rug. I don't like that word imperfection. I think it's it's not fair. You know, I think we should just kind of preface the whole thing by saying we we do all have our imperfections. Some show, some don't, all of that. I, I never want to imply that you're not a perfect 
human being. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's a, um, it's an interesting issue because, in one sense, we're all perfect just as we are right at this moment. Mm-hmm. But at least, um, in my way of thinking, let's not use that imperfection or let's not use that sense of being perfect to keep us from growing growing and going to the next level in our mm-hmm. journey. Yeah, I love that. And and I think, you know, I mean, and what's beautiful about your message is that as you get to know you, you aren't you just, you know, just Jason. There's no, you know what I mean? Like I I is there people that don't want to let's actually let's go back to the beginning first. So so you're have beautiful parents that treat you as they should, as you deserve. Then you get into school. Was there ever a point where you thought, oh, maybe I am a bit different? I'm, I'm definitely, um, my, my young school experience was, was really nice. I went to at first to a school where um, it was called Cribble Children's oh. back in the eight, back in the eighties, but I got excellent speech therapist and OT and PT, and I'll be forever grateful. Mm-hmm. And then I was mainstreamed into a, a small private school, but in fourth grade I um, was transferred to a, a small public school and. Very small town, and for whatever reason, I mean, and this was not based on the other kids or teachers as much as I felt insecure with myself suddenly. So I started assessing my myself very negatively. Like, why don't I speak like a, the other kids? Why is gym class a disaster for me? Mm-hmm. Why, why, why? And and then the jealousy came, the frustration, the anger came. Mm-hmm. And how old were you about that when you kind of first had that awareness? Um, fourth grade. So, so what grade, is that? So. I'm. Let's say m- maybe I was maybe you're eight in fourth grade. Yeah, yeah, eight or nine. But I mean, that's pretty young to realize that. Hey, maybe I'm standing out a little bit differently from the crowd. And, you know, it's understandable, you know, it's such a vulnerable age anyway, where we all want to fit in, we all want to have friends. When you were in grade four, and you were like, hmm, I had asked you a question when we did our pre-podcast meeting, were you bullied? And you had a really interesting take on, on that and something you said that really stuck with me. Do you want to, you want to tell me that? So, so, um, so my insecurity Curies built fourth, fifth, sixth, probably propelled by my best friend got killed in a bike accident, and my then my grandma, my dad's mom died from brain cancer. So I was this little kid, and, and just my insecurities. Be, um, they have been maybe at a three before fourth grade, and now they were at a 24. Yeah. And and suddenly I'm in seventh grade, and, 
and that this kid who just is relentless, who just seems to get all his whatever he's looking for from picking on me, from calling me names, from saying I'm not doing it right. Whatever I do, he's yelling in my ear, Jason, you're not doing it right. Jason, you're, you're an idiot. Jason, you can't do anything on and on and on and on and on. Relentless day after day. Oh my gosh. And that's shocking because you had parents that loved you who didn't say, oh, hey, this or that. You were treated like every other kid as it should be. And then you get some bully like that. It is, it is shocking to hear those things said to you. I mean, there's always amount of certain amount of bullying, I think, amongst kids. They're very cruel to each other. But what they don't realize is that when you're hearing that you're an idiot, that sets a tone for, for your life. It can set a tone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it sure, sure did, and I didn't tell you who the bully was yet. Oh, are you going to tell us who the bully is? Yeah, I... Uh... You don't, you don't I, have to, it's fine. Was it I mean, I, I, I guess I, for a long time I kept it, it confidential, but it's been long, long enough. And, and he finally agreed that I could shout. The, the bully was, was me. It was my, wow. myself, myself. Wow, that's pretty uh, profound. I mean, as, as I say this, I... I don't, I know bowling um, is a huge problem in school and, and, and kids are getting physically hurt and emotionally abused by uh, other people. But, but luckily... When it's, coming, when it's coming from yourself, it's not someone you can run away from, right? When you talk... Oh, yeah. You, yeah, I mean... You know, I think at some point all of us, I don't think, I know, uh, there's points when we really do beat ourselves up. You know, it's like, you know, Mm. for women, it's like, oh, I'm not skinny enough. I'm not pretty enough. I'm not this enough. I'm not that enough. And it's interesting to hear it from a male perspective when you're calling yourself an idiot. It's really hard. It's really sad to hear hear that. It must have been horrible for that 10, however old you are in, in grade 7, 10, 11, 12, to hear those words, I mean, it just chips away at your self-esteem. And it's, when it's you doing it, it does set a tone, doesn't it? It, it does. And I um, I exhausted myself and, and made myself agitated mm-hmm. to the point that I, I attempted suicide. And how old were you when you were there, when you he, attempted um, in seventh grade, so... In seventh grade, okay. Yeah, so 10. Yeah, wow. And so the fallout from that was, is that where you kind of had hit the bottom and, and realized, or is someone... Did you say, okay, this got to change? Yeah, I... um, That was huge fall from that. First of all, luckily, my heart wasn't to going down that path. And, and so I called for help. And when I tell this, I always encourage people to, to call for help if, if they're feeling really low. We, we just, at that point, 
Yeah. We we don't have a perspective that's that's nurturing or or that respects ourselves and and we um need need help. We need an outside perspective and Yeah. Yeah, and I mean it you're already vulnerable enough as a young child. And then to do that, because then you're gonna add on the stigma of that, trying you know, um uh, attempting suicide. So what happened when that happened? Did you, the school counselors and the parents and everyone come in and pull together and show Jason just how wonderful he really is? Was that a long journey? Um, not, not as long as you might think because I've never described it this way, but have you ever, um, have you ever hit a fingernail? Like with something and got a huge amount of blood and and uh, mm-hmm. yeah, so, and and, uh, and it's extremely painful, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, like, um, when I attempted and then called for help, it started. It's like um, the pressure was off. Yeah, yeah. It like it like punctured punctured the. The nail and things started to release. Uh, of course, I got counseling, and and my parents helped so much. But what what I I learned from that that moment in time was that life just does not work trying to hold ourselves to to the standard of perfection that we can never achieve. It just is not life-giving. It, it, um... Yeah. So one of the things that I like about what I do and is it, it never fails is that you find the gift in, in your journey. And it mm-hmm. sounds really kind of, I don't know, f- you know, fairy dust-ish to say. Fairy Yeah. And... It, it, you're absolutely right. We are all trying to do to a standard that isn't attainable. And that's where the depression comes in. And that's where people give up. And that's when people start making poor choices and all those things. So to learn that at such an, a young age is, do you feel that your journey has given you the, it, you found your gift in your journey in order to pay it forward to other people that didn't get it at age 10, Jason. Lots of people don't even get it when they're 60. Yeah, yeah I, um, I de- definitely found my gift then and then paying, paying it forward as much as I can. Of course, of course, we develop more perspective and more capacity to pay it forward every day we live, but... Mm-hmm. But but yeah, I, I feel the first time that you spoke in front of a group. So let's fast forward it a bit. So you get you get through school. Did you go to university? Yeah, yeah. I, I double majored in college and then got a master of fine arts. Oh, right. In, in poetry. Right in poetry. That's right. I love that. The first time that you realized that you could speak to the world about, you know, I, I I love the title of your book, Awkwardly Awesome, Embracing My Imperfect Best. It's beautiful. 
Well, first time you realized that you had this voice and you wanted to share it and pay it forward and you stepped on stage, did that little 10-year-old Jason come forward and have that insecurity again? Or were you like, nope, this is what I'm doing? I I I, I think at, at the, that moment, um, I actually felt really confident in, in what I was doing. And it was a thrilling experience because because I put my notes under the chair and I was just able to speak from my heart because I had practiced enough and, and the audience was able to receive it. But, and, and it was just magical, but that doesn't mean that the, the 10 year old Jason just comes up at, at, at random inconvenient times and, and the bully that I was to myself comes up at random inconvenient times. It's, I don't know that we'll ever absolutely 100% heal from, from the past, but, but I know, I know how to navigate when those positive. Yeah. Well, when you're being triggered or you're in a, maybe a potential place of vulnerability is when you do go back to that place where you really did learn to survive at first. Right. And you're absolutely right. And I think there's that notion that people, once they do, quote, unquote, their work, that they just kind of tra-la-la off into the future and it's all sunny, (laughs) right? Tra-la-la. There's been no tra-la-la yet. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but, and that's exactly right. And and we almost try to force that tra-la-la as if we're trying to convince the world that we're okay and that doesn't matter. Yes, we are okay. Yes, there are far worse uh, scenarios out there. Absolutely. There's far better scenarios out there. But I, I mean, through your work that you do and, this, and the work that I do, I've never met anybody who hasn't questioned the skipping through the sunshine. And it's like, what is my purpose? What am I doing? Why can't I get this out of my head? Why am I beating myself up? All of those things. So I think that when you're doing your, as you say, you're turning your defeat into triumph, I would challenge you, Jason, that you've never really, have you had a big defeat in your life? When you say there is no tra-la-la, I think that you can hope to tra-la-la, but you're also very aware of what your triggers are. You're aware when you're feeling insecure. You're aware when 10-year-old Jason kind of shows up, that's the, that's where the power lies. It mm-hmm. isn't the big rosy floating over the flower garden. Um, it takes a lot of work, right? Yeah. 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 Daily work. Definitely. Mm-hmm. So you're speaking a lot, you have your book and you have a podcast. So what's your podcast about? It's called Awkwardly Awesome Podcast and it's really so so what what I love is asking my guests uh, questions that 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 brings out the the brilliance mm-hmm. and the the wisdom that both has come from that the greatest successes and and from moments that haven't been so great and what what my audience gets from this is a unique perspective into 
to someone's life. And I hope as I bring out my my guests' brilliance, the audience will start seeing that brilliance in themselves. Yeah, I you know, I have a referred to this lady, she's a friend who originally from uh, Vietnam, not a great start to her life. Mm-hmm. Anyway, ended up in Canada, worked very hard to where she is now. And one of the things she said to me that really struck me was she said, you know, you you all see my polished version of me. And and it, and she feels that she's really compelled to tell how she got to where that we see that polished version because, you know, she's really nervous about speaking because she doesn't have the language down pat. I mean, you don't even notice it. She notices it. And that's a really important thing that we're talking about is not everyone's flaws are flying out there, but everyone has them. And I, they almost feel compelled to tell their story so they can explain the journey. And that's what brought them here in order to, to help other people, right? It, it, because that polished version can be a bit of an illusion for people who don't know. I mean, how many friends have you had that have told you something? You're like, oh, my gosh, I didn't know that about you. Lots, I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You just have the gift to have been having it showing more than, you know, the guy walking down the street or whatever. You know what I mean? And, and don't get me wrong. I, I have plenty of things I that aren't showing too. Yeah, I just have this, this very, very audible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> expression of the human condition, I guess. Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. But that's what I love about the story is it really doesn't matter. I mean, I guess I shouldn't say that because does it still matter to you, Jason, or no? You love Jason, who Jason is? Yeah, yeah, yes, de- definitely. Um, I mean, at this point, if I would have maybe chosen to have a um, a, a speech impediment in life, but but I I'm not sure. Maybe if given the choice, I wouldn't have. Um, but that's the thing; we don't always always get to choose our circumstances like totally none of us would have chosen 2020 probably but but it happened and and what we can do now is do our imperfect best mm-hmm. with the circumstance that, mm-hmm. that is mm-hmm. that doesn't just apply to physical that applies to emotional to spiritual to everything Mm-hmm. And, and I, I don't know, do you find that, you know, I don't know, most people are kind of struggling with it. You get to a certain point in your life when you're like, what, what is my purpose here? What am I, am I going to leave a mark? One of the, the best things I, I ever uh, saw was at a, at a medical convention that I, I this doctor uh, had us do this exercise and I completely stole it. I don't even know his name now, but I stole his idea because I love it. But you draw a line for on one end is B for birth and the other end is D for death. And realistically, where are you on that line? So, you know, not including illness and maybe dementia or whatever at the end of your life, there's really only this little bit in time always that matters. You know, you can go back and, and explore where you found your strength. More importantly, when you realize that maybe you were power, powerless 
and then you find your power. And now you got this little bit of time, which is really short, to make a difference. And it doesn't mean you have to go out and save the world. It really means you have to nurture yourself, like you say, and take care of our little selves. And a lot of people do not do that, and they don't know how to do it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like just this huge art to to taking care of ourselves and to to being being sure we we do what not only what we want to in the in the um, time we have, but also somehow do something to leave the world better for future generations. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's all immensely challenging. Um, we definitely were not dealt easy, perfect lives when we came into this world. That's just not not what what life is. Which doesn't mean. I mean, it, life is still wonderful, even though it's immensely challenging. And yeah, and yeah, it's just. Well, what I, one of the things I like about you the most is you have this terrific and very dry sense of humor. And I love that about you. It's like, I mean, we had it when we were just testing for here. It's like, okay, if you freeze, don't panic, blah, blah. And then, you know, you're doing this freeze. <laughs> I love it. So what is ahead for you, Jason? He's going to continue on. Are you going to write another book? Um, yeah, I, I, I'm constantly writing and wanting to get a few more books out there. Yeah. What, what, what I really want to, to do, though, is, um, is really help the, the world develop a higher degree of mastery with a, the concept of imperfect best. Yeah of courageously going for what we we want each day even though our past hasn't been perfect and our actions at the current moment aren't perfect and the the future won't be but but that that does not mean that we don't have the power to create the best we can Absolutely. And, and it, that's not in the form of material things. That is for, you know, you can be wealthy and material and very unhealthy in your mental, what you think about yourself, right? And how you want to live your life and how you want to make a difference. So one of the things that you do is you have this book, Awkwardly Awesome, Embracing My Imperfect Best. And that, that book you give for free. It's an ebook, correct? You can get it on Amazon. Yeah. Oh, it's not free on, on Amazon. It's free on my website. Oh, it's free on your website. So then if you go to tell us your, your website, because if you want to get that ebook, I think it's really important. Uh, I think there's so many little uh, juicy bits in there. I love it. And it does make a difference to people. Tell me your website. It's jasonwfreeman.com. So Jason, J-A-S-O-N-W, Freeman, F-R-E-E-M-A-N.com. Dot com. So if you go on there and you give a free, you get your free book. And what's in, what's in that that's, that someone can take away? What's the biggest takeaway when people talk to you or listen to your podcast or listen to you speak? What's the biggest takeaway that you've heard, 
consistently? I mean, people just love the idea of of do, doing the imperfect best and and that they they don't have to hold themselves to a perfectionistic standard to know success and to know know love. It, I I think it's really really freeing for people. Mm-hmm. Well, oh. one time I was speaking in 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 a lay in the from wall broke down because she re- remembered that she had wanted to do a one woman show for for years and years and just put the dream on the back burner because she didn't think she would be perfect at it. Well, after my talk, she did her one woman show not once but twice. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like you're giving them permission when you share your story you're absolutely right people don't sometimes don't do things because they're afraid that it's not going to be perfect well when you do nothing guess what happens oh yeah nothing right (laughs) (laughs) so and how how perfect is nothing yeah yeah I'm guessing it's not very (laughs) but we do we put a lot of and when you use that word success you know I think a lot of people don't take the time either to define what success means to them. To me, in my world, success is my beautiful, healthy family. Yes, I love to work, so I don't really feel like I ever work. I just like what I do, right? And am I fabulously wealthy? Nope. But Mm. am I really happy? Yep. And that's where the difference is. And when you talk about living your dream, you're absolutely right. And if we go back to that line, B for birth, D for death, are you going to live it? Because if you keep waiting and waiting, the time's just going to fly, right? And you're not going to get your goals or whatever. I, I thought of it recently that we, we, uh, we spent, uh, unless I spent time mourning about not being able to live like 500 years. But if, if we have 500 years, but, but never like did anything with a life what 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 good would those 500 years years be yeah that's a good point actually like you have i think the goal is we have sometimes is like who gets to live the longest oh they live to 100 well that sounds great but were they and there's lots of fabulous stories about people who have well lived lives in into their 90s but we also have those stories where people have lived a very beautiful life and died at 50 or 60, you know? Mm. I mean, no one wants to die early, but, you know, I guess you're absolutely right, is what are you going to do with the time in between those times that that matters, right? I mean, if you're going to be a squanderer of your life, you're going to do it for 100 years, 200, 300, like you say, up to 500 years. That's a great, great thought-provoking statement. So what's it, next it, for you? Oh, what, what's next? Um. I I really want want to get the virtual speaking um do more and more virtual speaking. I've I've been a little behind. I've done some virtual speaking, but but I've been a little behind the the ball in adapting to the virtual platform. Mm-hmm. I love speaking live so much that I I cling to that for. Yeah. A little longer than I I could, but 
but now I'm getting really comfortable with with the virtual styling. Yeah, and I think one of the gifts of COVID, if there is any in there, is that we have created this, you know, more of a virtual world, whether it's good or not. But what's the beauty of it is for you and for me, if you're speaking on virtual tour, you're going to reach a lot more people. And and, um, this podcast is evidence that um, we met at a virtual conference. Yeah. And we, you live in Canada. I'm, I'm in South Dakota, and we, we probably would have never met in the non-virtual world. No. Yeah, that's right, and that's what, that's what's lovely. Um, are you doing a lot of podcasting? Like, are you, you do a lot of guest on podcasting? I would imagine. I, I, I do do some. I, I don't actively seek that out that mm-hmm. much, but. But I, I love being guests on podcasts. Yeah, so. yeah. Do you ever speak in front of audiences who have had the same journey as you? As kind of you're like the the one that people talk about. It's like, look at Jason. That doesn't nothing that Jason fights, whether we see it or not. It's pretty inspiring, Jason. Do you speak to other people who have similar journeys? Yes, I've experienced, I've spoken to people who experience disabilities like me, but but what's interesting about the disability community is it's such a vast range of people with so many different different life experiences. It's, yeah. I used to kind of think it was all, all one one thing, but but it's just some some people use wheelchairs, some people don't. Some yeah, it just, just, just on and on. It's so various. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, it's not about being just you know kind of the the person that speaks with physical disabilities, but I mean. Like we had said earlier, there isn't anybody that doesn't struggle with something. And if they can take away from, you know, reading your book or listening to you speak, you just have to have one person who believes in themselves. And I mean, I, you know, I just, I just don't like that word disability. I mean, there are a lot of people who have grown up in horrific childhoods that could make it, you know what I mean? Could make it a disability if they wanted to, a spiritual disability, as it were. And yeah, you smiled when I said that. That do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. stop labeling everything. Not I'm not saying to you, but in, just in general, when you have, and it's not that everybody's is is fair. Everybody's is fair. And that one of the things that I find in society is we really do prioritize what each other's journeys are. It's like, well, what are you worried about? Look at that, or look at this, or look at that. And it's like st- we need to stop doing that because we need to honor everybody's journey whether we understand it or not. On everybody's journey and, and on our, our own journey, how is it going to help us be, as individuals, be the best we can be if, if we're constantly thinking, oh, I have better than that person, but oh my gosh, I, I have it worse than this other person. Mm-hmm. Just... The question before each of us is how can I grow a little, 
a little bit more each day into what I'm capable of becoming. And if yeah. we keep asking that and we keep, I, I think of a stone dropped on a pond and how the circles keep going out. And if we, we just do a, a daily circle and expand just a little bit each day, that all accumulate into living the life we are capable of living and having yeah. the experiences we are capable of having. Yeah, absolutely. I love that. Jason, thank you for joining me today. And I'm going to get to be a guest on your podcast, which I'm super excited about. I think you're, you know, one of the kindest people I've I've met along my my COVID journey. I think you're super brave to step forward. And, you know, I'd love to say that those bullies that are out there, whether they're in your heart or they're just out in general, you just kind of through them. You're not, it doesn't define you. And I love that about you. And that's a very strong place to be for sure, because most of us do not have that. Thank you for joining me today. You're welcome, Helen. It's such a thrill to be on. Thanks for such a neat, neat interview. Yeah, it was pretty cool. Hey, like I don't, uh, I don't like doing the scripted. I like to do that holistic walk through with the person in life and just kind of have a conversation with someone. And I love that. And of course, we'll be doing other networking events together. Somehow I know this. <laughs> you have been listening to Sharing Stories with Helen Rose. My guest today was Jason Freeman, uh, author of the book, Awkwardly Awesome, Embracing My Imperfect Best. If you get a chance, go check out his website. He's, uh, it's pretty cool and listen to him speak. Jason, thanks for joining me. Thank you for listening to Sharing Stories with Helen Rose. To learn more about Helen's journaling retreats, speaking engagements, and life coaching, or to sign up for her newsletter, please visit HelenRose.ca. Have you ever asked yourself this question? Why is it so hard to make a buck? <laughs> I know I have. Hi, I'm Sandra Yancey, founder and CEO of eWomen Network. What I have discovered after going from the brink of bankruptcy to running a multi-million dollar award-winning business is this. You can't build a million dollar dream hanging around minimum wage mindsets. My mission is one million women entrepreneurs generating $1 million in annual revenue. So here's what I've done. I've created the mother of all entrepreneur success programs that you can access online on your time. It's called Monetize Me Now. It's a seven module online course that is 100% my success formula, covering mindset, mission, management, motivation, marketing, and measure. Come on, take my hand and I'll show you the way to learn to earn flowing revenue for your business. Visit monetizemenow.com for details. Thanks for listening. This is the EWN Podcast Network.